What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Hidden Falls Media episode. Today, I am joined by Anthony Hammond. But before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you of the fee. That's right. We don't run you any bullshit ads or course or anything you don't need. Today is strictly for you to get value, value in your life, value in your business. Hopefully, a little nugget of wisdom or insight, anything that's going to move you forward. So, if you found value out of today, you know what I'm about to ask you. I need you to go down, hit that subscribe button, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Not only helps us get ranked, but it also helps our incredible guests who graciously give up their time for you to provide you value, give them more awareness and give them more attention as well. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is going to be truly, truly incredible. This is a CEO, an entrepreneur, a founder that has put in the work, not just in one area of his life, but across all areas. And I'm proud to know him through so many mutual connections, but please welcome Anthony Hammond to the show today. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate What's going it, man. On, man. I'm happy to have you here. <laughs> no, I appreciate being here, brother. And um, yeah, that was a good intro, man. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so you live by this motto that's really fascinating to me, which is do work. And yeah. Can you get into that a little bit and about how that kind of came to be and what this brand has really turned into and what the foundation is? Yeah, sure. I mean, I suppose what it comes down to is everything I've done, like I've, I've achieved a lot in, in my life and everyone has achieved a lot, but I've, the, the deeper I go and the further I look down as to how I was able to achieve the things I really wanted to, to achieve, it just comes back to the work. And I know it's a, it's a silly thing. And I mean, I'm in the Arate syndicate as you are, and I've followed um, a lot of the same people that um, that are in this, this area of do the work. And, you know, when I first saw the words do the work, I already knew that was me, like that attracted me because, you know, going back 20 years as an apprentice plumber, I knew to become the plumber, I had to go through the apprenticeship. And, and I look at that in life. You have to start at the bottom. You have to, to be the mailman, you know, you have to do everything, um, that anyone in the business does before you can own it. So, I've always lived with that motto, um, do the work, but it wasn't until the last four or five years where I really went into depth and no matter what problem I had in front of me, no matter what my friend's problems were, when it got down to it and we got to the depths of it, there was work that had to be done. Um, that's, that's really it. No matter, you know, and I, can, I have this conversation with so many people at the bottom of every conversation, there still is work to be done. And that's what, that's what um, built my foundation, the Do Work Foundation. It's what um, I, I pretty much live by in anything I want to achieve now. Um, you can dream about it. You can talk about it. But once you plan it, write it down, break it down and see what's in front of you, there's work that's got to be done. When was the earliest point in your life that you started to really notice that you've lived this philosophy? Gee, I'm, I'd be going back into my teenage years because... Um, it was in my, when I was a teen, I really wanted to be a black belt, you know, back in, in my day, that's, that's going back 25 years now, but, um, there were all the kickboxing movies and the Van Damme movies and, yeah. you know, everyone loved that stuff, but there still wasn't many black belts around. It was a, it was a real achievement. And when I decided that I wanted to do that and, and I went the quickest way there, it took me about four years, but we trained every night, five nights a week. And it was just this, it was this desire to hit a goal that I could see. And I knew all I had to do was continually show up um, consistently over and over again. And it just had to happen. It's like, if you do the work, you will get the result. Um, 
there's lots of other, you know, there's lots of other little things in my life around traveling the world when I was still a teenager. And, you know, when I, when I set my mind on something and I just went and achieved it, playing football, you know, becoming the captain of the team when I'm, you know, it was, it was all those things. It's all mindset. Everything we do is totally inside your mind. Um, if you believe that you can get something, you can get it. You've just got to break it down and do the work. Um, but, but even behind, you know, the mindset, I, I totally believe that mindset is everything. Without mindset, you'll never achieve what you want to achieve. But when you turn on that mindset and when you break it down and you understand that we're all the same, you know, we're all the same. We're all, we all got the same amount of time in the day. We've all got the same amount of everything. Um, if we're lucky enough to live in, in a, in a country where we're a first world country and we've got opportunities in front of us, like that, that puts us so far ahead of so many people. And if you can understand that you've got what it takes and you break that down and you believe that self-belief's huge, but you still got to do the work. You know, you can, you can believe something, but once you break it down, there's still work to do. I've, I'm a hundred percent on board with you and on that mission too. And I'd noticed that 75 hard book behind you. And I, today I just oh, yeah. started, um, yeah. today's day two of round three for it. Perfect. Nice. So it's been, it's been interesting because I've, and this is from my own personal experience of, I always knew that hard work got me places, but it, it was always intellectual places more than it was anything physical. And at one yeah. point in my life, I was almost 300 pounds. I was 295 pounds and I've, I'm down to 210 now, which has yeah, been an wow. incredible journey. Um, yeah. But it wasn't until I started to see things like 75 hard come out where it's like, it makes sense. It's like somebody, yeah. people are finally putting all of the stuff that's out there into a system that truly works. So, and I'm, I'm sure within your life too, especially learning a martial art, um, that was actually one of the first things that got me active again was doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So it's funny that, um, yeah. that we kind of have that overlap there, but what do you see? Uh, you brought up mindset with that. What do you see of the mindset of those people that truly understand that the work has to come along with the belief? What is there like a trigger that happens that you notice out of them? Was there a trigger for you or is it just that repetition of over and over? Eventually it just sunk in until it became, until it became gospel. And it was just the path that was the only way forward at that point. Yeah. You know what? I, I think for me personally, sometimes I've got to do the work before I have the belief. Mm. Um, it, it's, and, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, the belief comes first, uh, sorry, the work comes first, then comes the belief. And that's the, that's the thing about 75 hard. Most people that take on 75 hard, think of it as a transformational, a body transformation program. Um, and, and that's how, you know, no matter what you say, when you start it, you, you're looking at it thinking, you know what, I, I really want to transform my body. I'm going to do this. And so many people fall off in that first week because as simple as it is, it's still hard. Once you get through 20, 30, 40 days and you realize that the only way you're getting through is with your mind, it's got nothing to do with your body. You're tired, you're sore, you can't move. Like there's so many things that could prevent you from doing it. And you realize that the only way you're going to get through tomorrow and win the day is with your mindset. That's when everything starts to change and you start to get self-belief and realize that, shit, whatever I want in life, if I truly believe in it and do the work, I'm going to get it. But to answer your question, for me, I always find I've got to do the work to believe something. Mm. Um, and and that's, a, that's not necessarily what everyone 
is like because I'm a, as a business coach, I coach um, a lot of coaches and consultants online, and sometimes they'll come to me with absolute belief. They their their self belief in them is so high, it's awesome. So then it's just a matter of getting them to do the work now that they believe in themselves. Um, so there's there's definitely two sides, but. I'm more of the person that I have to do the work re- repeatedly over and over again to see a result, to have the belief. Um, and I know I work on that all the time because um, I almost have to trick myself. I almost have to say to myself, you know what, I'm going to get the self-belief first. I'm going to believe in it, but I know I'm having that battle inside the mind where I don't know if that's true. And I'm just saying myself, saying that to myself, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one. What are some of the habits that you have set up inside of your life in order to live this way? Because one of the things I learned in 75 hard was I just start to structure my life differently, especially when I tackled phase one, where it added another two hours onto my day on top of an already long and exhausting day. So I was wondering from your perspective, how you've set up your life or how you've set up your day in order to accommodate being able to do all the things you absolutely want to do in this lifetime. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have a game plan. So I've created my own foundations, which are my own habits, and I call them homework. Um, I I break them down as health, mindset, wealth, relationships, and knowledge. And they're non-negotiables in my life that I have to attend to every day. So one of the things I'll say to someone when they say I'm tired or I don't have enough time or I want to make more money or business is not good, um, I'll look at two things and I'll say, are you drinking enough water? Because as we know from 75 hard, four liters of water or a gallon of water does amazing things for your life. Um, the second thing I'll say is, are you training? Because I think for me, they're the two big things, water and training every day, getting in the gym, doing exercise completely changes my energy and it completely changes how I, how I perform and how I show up. Um, but in saying that, there's the five areas that I focus on every day. So I'm always, um, I always give myself time to to go through some affirmations and to go through gratitude because I know that brings me what I want. So what I want in life, you've got to put out what you want to get back. And, and if you can show appreciation for everything you've got, and if you can show up every day being happy and, um, and give, you'll always get. So that's very important. Training, as I said, super important for me. I have to train my body every day. I have to get outdoors every day. Um, that's where I find my meditation. That's where I get time to be mindful all of those areas that I fit into um, my day, they're non-negotiables. And, and whenever I'm working with someone, I, you, have to, you have to understand the priority that you have to give these things in your life. Like you'll read all the memes about love yourself and you have to look after yourself first and all those things. And they sound great. People take them the wrong way. They go and have a massage or they go and get their hair done and all this shit. When in reality, it's like we have to mentally look after ourselves, physically mm. look after ourselves. And, and that those things have to be non-negotiables because everyone's life, we've all got shit that's going to come up every day. Um, the way I, the way I attend to my non-negotiables is I get them done first thing in the morning. I get up before most people just to make sure they're done because everybody knows something's going to happen today and it's going to throw me off course. I'm not going to get my workouts done. I'm not going to get my water in. So get up early, get it done. You feel so much better. You've already achieved something. It's, it's the way to start your day. Um, and for me, if I don't do those things, if I fall off track and we all fall off track, I start to feel it straight away. And the way to get back on track is to go back to my homework. I do the homework every day. 
um, make sure it's non-negotiable. And all of a sudden you do get more time in your life. Most people think they don't have enough time. Um, when I was working in a job, I was doing 10, 12 hour shifts with a four hour commute every day. Um, most people probably would think that's enough. When you've got a family and you've got a son, a young son, and you're getting up at 4am to commute, to get back home at seven o'clock at night, like I was buggered, but I knew I didn't want that life because that life was repeating a process mm. that was just, I was existing. I wasn't achieving. I wasn't becoming my potential. So that was eating me alive. I couldn't work out. Well, I believed I couldn't work out because of that, that situation. So what I did is I put in more work when I got home and I used to sit on my computer for an hour and a half every night. So I'd fall asleep literally on my laptop at about 8.30 at night to get back up again the next morning at 4 a.m. Um, to build a business. And I did that for over a year, building my one of my first companies, Red Fox Apps. Um, and that changed everything for me because that brought on a whole new lifestyle, a whole new um, financial position. Um, it put me in another world with entrepreneurs. I got connected with people that had different mindsets that removed me from that circle of you know, mediocre, normal people. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Some of my best friends um, still to this day live in that world. But it wasn't for me. It made me feel ill. I couldn't stand going through this mediocre life and just existing. I had to remove myself and I had to get out of it and I didn't know how. Um, so for me, it was building a business. I, I knew if I build a business and I become financially free, then I could become time free. Then I could start to put together my life that I really wanted. And that involved training every day. So like you, I was, I was, um, what kilos, 110 kilos at one stage. Um, I love my job, what I was doing, but way overweight or, you know, not eating right, not doing exercise. I was always in the gym, oddly enough for 20 years, I was always in the gym, but that didn't help, you know, the stress and all the shit that comes with the jobs. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know where I've really gone with that question, but <laughs> I've it's sort of a, taken it sideways. It's all good, man. <laughs> one of the, uh, one of the points with, that you were talking about that really stood out to me was you elevated your circle around you yeah. in order to start elevating that thinking to get you to that next level. Yeah. When, when you are training and working with coaches and working with other business owners to coach them, how do you help them out of that situation of running in that wheel versus just creating another job for themselves that they're locked into at that point? Because I see a lot of that with entrepreneurs and business owners is that yeah. they trap themselves just into another job and they truly don't escape what they were trying to escape in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. I, again, I was very naive when I come into this world. I didn't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I would have heard and read about get out of the circle you're in and, you know, move into a different circle and hang around different people. But intentionally, I, I wasn't consciously trying to do that. I was consciously trying to change my world financially and build a business. And that brought me into another circle. Hmm. When I was able to talk about um, what I'd have achieved and the investments and, and the position I've put myself in and just, just helping people with how I grew a business that moved me into another circle where I just fit. I just found myself there. I think the biggest problem these days is there'll be all the memes that give that answer. And they'll say, Hey, you know, everything changed for me when I moved from this circle and I went into that circle. So people then start to reach out to these successful people to say, Hey, can I be in your circle? And it doesn't work like that. It's, you know, you're, you're trying to shortcut 
the, the system and you're trying to do what the meme says instead of understanding the work that was actually behind that growth. So I agree, you know, there's too much consumption. People consume way too much. There's too much information at the moment. Um, I was in one of my, I've got a coaching group where I've got a program that we're, we're running at the moment. And I was talking to all of my members yesterday and I said, one of the things that I was almost going to do with them, but I'm not going to at this stage um, for a reason, but I was going to get them to unfollow everybody that they're following on social media, simply to bring them back to doing the work that's in our plan. Like, like 75 hard. If you do the simple things in this plan, your life will change. But if you get messed up and you're trying to run 75 hard and then you go and follow everyone you can with different diet plans and different exercise plans and different, all that shit, you get overwhelmed, you get confused, and then you're going to fuck up what's really simple. So it's the same with business. When you're creating a business, there's fundamentals that you need to stick by and there's, there's practical application that you need to focus on. But if you get distracted all the time and you're on social media and then, then you're watching someone else's marketing, because that's all it is. Social media is marketing. We're always marketing. Everyone on there is marketing something. Um, when you understand that as a marketer, it's fine. You might be on there for a specific time trying to learn what's the new trends and then getting on and off, but you need to be offered as much as you can. And I think in, in answer to that, overconsumption of information is what's stopping people and holding them back from becoming what they potentially can become. That's awesome, dude. And one of the things that I added into this round of 75 hard with my girlfriend is that after, after 9 p.m., there are no electronic devices on in the house. Yeah. Just to totally unplug because my world as a digital marketer, like you said, I'm glued into this thing. And yeah. I have to be able to start creating structures and rituals outside of my daily life that aren't tied to electronics. Absolutely. It was, it was funny. Last night was the first night of this. And we kind of got into this, not, not banter, but like this really cool little thing of like, well, what do we do? Yeah. Right. Like, oh shit. Like the TV's not on. Like, like, what do we do? So we picked up a board game and then we started playing a card game afterwards. But yeah. there was like this quick little, like 20 minute moment where like tension got a little tight. It felt like. And then yeah. once we found something to kind of twist and manipulate that out, then it stopped. But it, it makes you uh, it makes you really see how addictive some of this technology is, and you don't oh. see how addictive it is until you start to pull that plug out, and the resistance to that change kicks in. And yes. so much of what you were talking about fits that whole model, right? We don't we become so comfortable with what we consider our habits and routines that we don't yeah. we we don't remember the fact that this was new to us at one point in time. Oh, uh, I mean, for for younger generations, my son's fifteen. Um, and I really look at that like it must be so tough to be growing up in this digital world because when I was 15, there was the Atari. It was a game system <laughs> that, you know, we'd play once every fortnight and it was cool, Dungeons and Dragons or Pac-Man, but yeah. it, it was only something that took your attention for about 20 minutes, half an hour at the most. But we were always outdoors. We were always on push bikes. We were always running around, breaking down trees, making Shanghais, slingshots, bow and arrows, like whatever we could build and do outside and get into trouble and get dirty. And I used to get called in every night when it got dark, like, come in, you got to come in and have your bath. And as One a child, those, yeah. that was amazing. Like I love that. Um, the younger kids these days, unfortunately, they're, they're stuck with, with all of this digital media and the Xbox and TikTok. And there's so much out there that's 
going for their attention. And, mm-hmm. and I had this conversation with my son this week. I said to him, I want you to understand, and this will be good for your listeners as well. I want you to understand that the number one commodity on the planet right now is your attention. Every single person on the planet is fighting to get your attention and they're going to do whatever they can do to get it. And what that means is it's going to turn into five second videos where girls are dancing, pointing at the screen, because that's now what we've limited ourselves to. Our attention span is so small. You have to get it within you know, a third of a second to grab our attention and we're scrolling and we're playing games and you know, I had this good conversation with him and, and he's really good because he is trying hard. But when I take him off a game, I can see it emotionally, it frustrates him, it hurts him. He's bored. He, he thinks, you know, what am I going to do in life? And then we have that conversation and I go, can you just like look at wh- how you feel right now? And he hates that. He's like, wow. And it takes us about half an hour, sometimes a bit longer before he's flipped the switch. Now he's outdoors. We go fishing, surfing. We go and do all that stuff, but it's still hard work. So I know for parents out there that are trying to do this, it's too it's too easy just to give up. It's too easy to say, fuck this. You know what? Kids do what you want because I can't struggle with you every day. So we've got to create boundaries just like we have to create boundaries with ourselves, and we have to have times and we have to have limits. And that's what I say to my son. You've got half an hour on the weekends or if it's wet, that's it. And as much as he doesn't like that, Two weeks into that new system, he loves it. And he's this different different person, more energy, more fun, more conversations, more intellectual. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's no different for us adults. We overconsume way too much. Your phone will tell you how much time you're spending just on Facebook on your phone. And, and if you're spending more than one to two hours a day, even as a digital media um, producer or business owner, it's too much. Like we can, we can develop and create, and this is what I teach my clients. You can create everything offline. You don't have to be online to create. You don't, you no longer have to consume anything anymore. When you've got a business idea that you're turning into a profitable business, you now have the knowledge and the education to do it. You don't have to watch every other entrepreneur and every other influencer out there who are doing the latest and greatest things, making millions and billions and all that, because they're in a different world to you. They've got a team that does all that. And they're not even online. That's what I teach everyone. Most of the people you think you're talking to, you're not even talking to them. They've got assistants out there doing all that work. So you've got to bring yourself offline. You've got to have the life that you want. You know, building the life that you want is very important. And if we really sat down and said, do I really want to build a life where I'm 10 hours a day in front of a computer? No. Is that part of my plan to get to a goal? Perhaps, but I have to be conscious of it and I have to break it down and get off there as much as I can. Dude, you absolutely nailed that. And everybody that's listening, please, please, please go back and listen to the last five minutes of that. Because I can tell you from personal experience, um, it's it's a lot harder than what it sounds. And yeah. you're absolutely right. If you're not, you're not conscious of setting those boundaries with yourself, it's super easy to let just all that time fly by and you don't even realize it. Um, especially from my neuroscience and psychology background, seeing what this has done just to me, from what I used to consider baseline or standard, you get wrapped up into it so quickly and it just, it shifts all of that. One thing that you had mentioned that I want to come back to is you were talking about how attention is the currency of our global world right now. And I, what I think is really interesting is that it used to be what your motto was, is that work and hard effort and dedication and passion was the currency. 
And yeah. now it's flipped to attention, which is interesting because when that flip happens, it makes hard work for the people that do it so much more valuable. And it's yeah. the secret sauce at that point, right? The attention isn't yeah. the secret sauce. That part of it's commoditized. The information overload is commoditized. Yeah. There's enough podcasts out there, right? Yeah. We don't need to do yeah. another podcast. There's enough information out there for you for a thousand years. Yeah. But the hard work of doing it is what I feel that people are driving to. They they want to see the fact of, wow, he did all of this, 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 and this, because it's yep. the work that they admire, not the final product. They may think it's the final product because yep. it's flashy and it's shiny, but I think at the root core of what they really admire about the people that do the work that have the teams is yep. that work that they know there's a lot going on to make that happen. Absolutely. I mean... <laughs> For anyone that I'm interested in watching, for anyone that I learn from, from the coaches that I hire, I don't look at their end result myself because I know, you know, a lot of people say to me, oh, you know, why life should be like living on a beach and having all this money and doing all that stuff. But anyone that's done any of the work will realize that if you don't enjoy doing what you're doing and helping people and, and feeling good, then all of that other stuff's bullshit. Yeah. Trying to get to some tangible thing as an end result unless you really truly want it is it's baseless it's baseless and 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 one of the things when i talk about mindset it's an interesting thing that that this might help you help your listeners but when i first started to build my my um app business so i created games i created apps because i saw back in 2015 um everybody was on their phone so i knew that's a commodity there is that is a business that you want to get into their phones because that's all they're looking at. Now, I didn't want to be that person and I don't even play games, but I knew that was a business idea. I needed to do that. So I needed to create something. When I created that business, it blew up. I went, it, you know, it, it really done well. And an important thing was the day that, like I always wanted to make a million dollars because I thought a million dollars is like the dream. That's something that I'd work for two decades in a six-figure job, but there's no way you could save that sort of money. You couldn't even save a tenth of that. Most people still live paycheck to paycheck. Even though I had an investment mindset and I bought properties, I was still struggling to actually build real wealth. Um, but in this business that I created in less than 12 months, all of a sudden I was in a position to say, holy fuck, look what I've grown. Like, here's this million dollars. And I'll never forget as I walked down the street in my town and this feeling I had, like the million dollars isn't real. It's digits inside a bank. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. You can't physically hold anything. I didn't spend any. I didn't buy anything silly. I didn't use any of it. I just built it up. But the feeling I had of that that moment was crazy because I went, wow, why do I feel like success? Why do I feel like I've achieved everything I've ever wanted to achieve? I feel safe. I feel secure. But in reality, that meant nothing. It, it hadn't helped me at all. It done nothing for me. It wasn't a real sense of security because I didn't need it. If it disappeared, I still had the life that I had. I was training every day. I felt good about myself. I had all this self-belief. And I knew at that moment that it was all bullshit. And I went, this is crazy. To have a million dollars and to feel this good imagine if I could just make myself feel this good without that. Imagine if I could convince myself that the same self-belief and feel so powerful and so attractive because I was attracting everybody into my life at that moment. And it's pure mindset. And that was a, that was a real changing point in my life because I remember saying to my mate, 
who wanted to get into that position. He was in a different world. His mindset was all over the place. And I said, oh, fuck, I've worked it out. You don't need to have this commodity. You don't need to have the million dollars. You need to have the mindset and the self-belief that you can achieve and have anything you want in the world. But that million dollars done nothing for me. Like I had not spent any of it. I had not needed any of it. It was a crazy moment in my life that came down to, you know, commodities and things. Unless you really, really want something. Um, and what I've found is the the further I've dived into business and wealth and achieving things, um, I've realized most of the shit that I thought I wanted in the world were what other people, what I assumed other people would make me look good. So I started to realize, and I had to question it. I had to say, do I really want that? And go a bit deeper. What am I going to do with it? When am I going to use it? Is it going to lose value? Is it an asset? Is it a liability? Um, how am I going to feel once I've got it? And once you go through that whole system in your head and it plays out, it's like buying a boat. You know, the, there's two days that are really good when you buy a boat, the day you buy it and the day you sell it. The rest it's of the better time, to know a friend with a liability. Boat, right? It is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So let's, I know we're running out of time here in about 10, 15 minutes, but I want to, I want to get into that mindset a little bit more because you're not the first person to ever tell me that. And I bought yeah. into that idea of what you're talking about a while ago, that I just, if I keep my head down and keep doing what I want to do and make myself happy in the process, the finances will come. Yeah. You know, there's definitely times where it's like, all right, like that extra money would have allowed me to do this project and this project. It doesn't mean it won't get done. It just means I got to get more creative on the solution of how to do it. Yeah. I right? mean, mindset for money is, is as simple as what you just said. Then if I had more money to create this project, I could do it. If you stopped right there and said, okay, how many ways are there to get money? Because right now you only know what you know. So you might know three ways to get money. But if you realize that there's 300,000 ways to get money, all of a sudden you can reach out and say, hey, I need 10 investors to pay five grand each because I want 50 grand to put in this project. And all of a sudden you've got it and you go, wow, I've, that's something I've never done before. And that just took self-belief, um, obviously some practical application and some learning around finances, but Everything is available to us. Everything's on YouTube. Everything's on Google. Um, the shortcut, obviously, is to go and pay someone that's doing what you want to do and learn from them quicker. But if you don't have the money in the beginning, you can learn anything. And, and you know, I always suggest people learn about finances and real estate because they're the long play. They're the long game. Um, and yeah, money, money is everywhere. Money's energy. Uh, you know, it moves. It moves with the flow of who you are and how attractive you are, how you treat it, how you feel about it. If you go out chasing money and looking for money and, and all you're trying to do is make more money, it's, you, it's almost like running through a room trying to chase it and it's going to go away from you. But if you sit there and do the work and help and think and, and try and attract things into your life, money will come to you and money will flow in. Um, but the, the only thing that I would suggest is a lot of people say, if I do the work and I become consistent, then the money will come later. It will, but you still need to learn some stuff. And I found that out when I created all my businesses, um, my app business. One of the first things I learned was I can create a great game. I can create a great app. I've got all these developers that want to sell me source code and, and help me in every way. But every time I ask them about how am I going to monetize this, how does it make money? No one knew. And I thought, this is crazy. Is, is this whole game a scam? 
But what I found is, no, it wasn't a scam, but the market was saturated with developers who could make stuff, but there were no marketers in there. It was a small percentage. So I had to find a marketer and learn marketing and straight away I blew my business up. And that's one of the things that I've found with coaching. So I'm a really good coach and I can help people build businesses. I can talk to them about what I did and how I got out of a six-figure job and build a seven-figure company. Um, I can go through mindset. I can go through practical application. But at the end of the day, marketing is still a huge area that I didn't know what to do. So again, I had to dive back into marketing. And because I'm, a, I'm, I'm very authentic, I don't like bullshit. And I always saw marketing as fake. I always saw it as someone's trying to take my money and they're going to scam me. So I avoided marketing with the plague, but then I couldn't work out, hey, I've got this great business. I can teach people how to build real estate plans um, over 20-year real estate plans. Like I've got all of this knowledge. I can teach people martial arts. Like to do it online, you can, you can do it at scale. But if you don't understand marketing in some degree, um, you're not going to get anywhere. And as authentic as you want to be and as, you know, you'll sit there all day saying, I'm doing the right thing. I'm not going to try and push anyone into sales. I'm not going to do sales calls. I'm not going to learn all that side of marketing. Then you're not going to make any money for your business. And if your business can't grow, then you can't help people. So it's something, that's one of the hardest things that I had to continually learn was the marketing side of business. And that's why right now as a business coach, I'm teaching people marketing. As strange as it is, it's not something that I've ever liked. But I understand if you can teach people um, real marketing, like authentic marketing, um, and if you can teach people how to really provide a service of value um, and do it in a way that, that builds trust and relationships and it's long-term because the internet's long-term. You can't get away with any bullshit anymore online. Um, yeah, it, it, that's something that I think is very important is marketing. Do you feel like people are still afraid to ask for this? Well, hold on. Let, let me back this up. I feel like there's marketing is such a giant umbrella term within a business mm -hmm. because it incorporates a bit of branding, all of marketing from soup to nuts. It includes a little bit yeah. of sales, it includes business development. And it feels like from my experience after working with a, over a hundred businesses within marketing at this point, that the sales side of marketing is what they feel like is the most slimy part of it. And yeah. my conversation typically back to them is, look, if we did our other stuff right from the, all those other areas that we talked about, the business development side, the product yeah. side, the branding yeah. side, the messaging side, that part should never feel slimy. It feels slimy exactly. when those other parts were fake or false or you lied in that process. Yeah. If we reach that point, it's your obligation to move through at that point. Otherwise, you just built up energy and built up tension inside of somebody and there was yeah. no release. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, sales should sell themselves. When it gets to sales, you should have done all the work to be able to say, here's my offer. Do you want it? I'll, I'll never push anyone into a sale. I'll never keep reaching out and try to, to change people in that way. It's, it's not me. I don't like it. I don't like anyone doing it to me. Even direct cold outreach. When I get salesy shit, I delete it immediately. So I know that stuff doesn't work. I've never liked it. I don't know why people do it. But there is a way to build trust. There is a way to share your product without um, pushing it on people so that you attract people. In my app business, I never, ever did a sales call. Every single person came to me. They found me without, you know, I had no website. I had no business name. I didn't even have the name Red Fox Apps. So I was, I'd built that business up to 50K a month without any website. And this was a game development 
an app development um, platform. But I didn't have that. I, I simply went onto a, a platform. I suppose it's, it's a little bit like eBay, but it was for eBay for games and for apps. And I just put on my app and said, this is what it does. These are the results. And that was, that was my copyright. Um, I learned good copyright because I'd talked to a marketer and he said, you know, you've got to share what's really going on. And all of a sudden I had this long copy. And from there, I just attracted investors. My company blew up. But I learned that I never, ever had to do a sale. But what I did have to do was qualify everyone that wanted to become part of my business. Mm. So it was more of an interview process. They'd ring me. I'd talk to them. I'd find out if it's truly what they want and if it's truly going to help them. And they're going to put in the work to do what I tell them to do in order to maintain um, that cash flow on these assets. And when I found people that, yep, they're, they're the right fit, then I was able to sell to them and, and everything went well. But I made mistakes of, um, of one person that, that I, I just took the money and I shouldn't have. I went, this guy, he's offering to pay me this money. I don't really know if he's going to do the work. He, he just wants the result. But I did it anyway and I learned that lesson over the next six months. He complained a lot. It's not working. I had to do all the work for him. I had to, in a way, it, it brought an opportunity for me because I realized I needed to create another arm of my business so that I could offer a service to do the work for my clients. So that built another arm of the business, which was fantastic. But I learned that lesson. And to this day, um, it's always an interview process. If I don't believe that the person that I'm going to work with is going to achieve the results, then I'll tell them it's not the right time at the moment. And maybe I'll tell them to go somewhere else. But that's because of mindset. Like when someone's really, really ready to do whatever it takes, it's just simply a matter of pointing them in the right direction, giving them some help, supporting them, um, believing in them and giving them permission, permission yeah. to go after everything because the limited beliefs we've got of just what we've learned, we've learned that we can only earn six figures a year or less than that. We've learned that we've got to stay in a job our entire life. We've learned that that's the normal. And when you can get out of that, and, and that's what I like to get into people's heads and say, it's not the normal. Like you can be whatever you want to be, like think big. That was one of my mistakes, actually. When I first thought I was thinking big, I hired a, an app coach and, and he said, look, think big about what you want to achieve. So I went, you know what? I'd love to earn 50K a month because I'm in a job that's, you know, I'm earning 100K a month, but imagine 50K a month. That would be life-changing. In six months, I hit that. And the worst thing about that was the business I had built had hit the ceiling. The mm. only way that I was going to be able to scale and to improve that was to burn it all down, start again, bring in complete new systems, new, new help. Um, and that scared me because I didn't know what to do there. So sometimes having a huge goal makes you think from the beginning. You know, if you say, I want to make 250K a month, immediately what your plan was going to be you now realize that it can't be because if I do that, it's impossible to hit that goal. So straight away, I've got to build a team. I've got to outsource all of this work. I've got to increase my price. I've got to do all these things, which are just things. You know, it's, people get scared when they talk about big price, but it's just things. It's nothing. Yeah. yeah. I love it, man. I, I want to be super respectful of your time, but I have one final question for you. Yeah. All right. And I've been asking all my guests this at the end as of 2021 which is if you had a prayer for the world or a message for the world, what would it be? And then what would that be for your local community? I think at the moment, it's just 
realize that everyone is going through something. Mm. Always be respectful, always be kind. And if you can love everyone around you, that will make everything better. That's, that's, that's something that I truly believe in and it works every time. I love it. Thank you so much for being here today, Anthony, man. I enjoyed our conversation so, so much. Where can people find you? How can they learn more about your social media programs, your coaching programs, all of it? Yeah, for sure. I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Anthony Hammond. And um, I've got a free Facebook group called the Do Work Foundation. Um, That's pretty much where you'll find me. (laughs) That's awesome. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us today, brother. No problem. Appreciate it, man. Guys, that wraps up this episode. And Oh my gosh, you got so many good value adds out of that. So many bombs were dropped in that that are absolutely going to impact your life. Please go give Anthony a subscribe. Go follow him on his journey. Go hop inside that Facebook group. And as my call to action is to you, every time we meet, go make somebody else smile. It's incredible what type of impact it can have on their life. 